Hi, and welcome to the Embrace Meaningful Personalization to Maximize Growth Conversations, a Deloitte digital podcast series about the state of experience personalization today. I'm Leela Shaw Crawford, Managing Director at Deloitte Digital, leading our data science, analytics, and personalization offering. And today I'm joined by Kelly Ledger, Managing Director at Deloitte Digital, who leads our ad performance pillar and the future of signal loss. Hi, Kelly. Welcome. Hi. Good morning. In today's episode, we're talking about how personalization is the future of human experience, not just merely one part of it. First and foremost, why does personalization even matter? You know, after all, most companies would likely argue that they're already personalizing, and they think they're doing a pretty decent job of it. But we recently conducted some research where we surveyed several hundred leaders who lead personalization efforts for their companies, as well as hundreds of consumers of those types of brands. And what we found is that 79% of brands rate themselves as delivering great personalized experiences, while only 37% of consumers say brands are doing this well. And as I've shared in previous episodes, there's a huge quantifiable benefit to companies who personalize well. We found that 69% of consumers say that they are more likely to purchase from a brand that personalizes experiences. So Kelly, from your experience and everything that you're doing across ad performance, signal loss, cookie lists, et cetera, how are companies starting to close that gap? That's an interesting stat, right? Super amazing to have that type of research, not only as consultants, but as an industry. It's really, really key to know that Although a majority of consumers still want to be personalized to, the industry is struggling with that a little bit. I would say what I've learned from the ad performance side of the world, and especially um, what's been happening with our uh, digital giants, uh, the big brands in the market, in regards to all of the tech changes that have occurred over the last couple of years, as well as the ones that we're sort of waiting for to happen in 2024 with third-party cookies going away, personalization is really important to our clients that are implementing digital ads, digital technologies, and they're they're having a hard time trying to figure that out while being extremely cognizant of consumers' right to privacy and consent, as well as being able to deliver meaningful, personalized experiences. And we know that, you know, across industries, customers are more likely to recommend a product to a friend if the brand's personalizations, you know, uh, maturity ranked higher, if that brand is is doing a good job at personalization. Um, it also helps, you know, their customers and consumers remain loyal customers if the brand is talking to them in the way that they want to be spoken to, right? That personalization is key. And, you know, candidly, I think that brands that are doing it right are doing it very well. Brands that aren't are struggling with how to implement that personalization, which is why I know we're here on this podcast today. Yeah. And I think the single most common question I get all the time, I'm sure you do too, is what does great personalization look like? As if there was some single one destination for everybody, a single North Star. And I think that's the thing that I have to sort of you know, myth bust on a regular basis. When you talk to, you know, leaders in this space, you know, what are some of the things that they're really focused on right now? Yeah, I think the leaders that are top of mind is really a couple of things. Number one, trying to deliver that personalized message with that consent and privacy and trust and transparency at the forefront, right? Without 
and that trust and transparency along the lines of the privacy and consent mechanisms and all those rules and regs that we have to follow every day as, as brand marketers. You can't really deliver efficient, effective, and personalized personalization experiences, right? So leading with that trust and transparency is number one. Number two, delivering value is super important to the clients that I talk to. They don't want to just show an ad of a red red sweater because their customer was looking at the red sweater. They want to deliver that red sweater in the mechanism that the client wants it to receive it in. So let's say whether that's app versus maybe on air. So like on your TV, uh, a device you're streaming, addressable TV type ad, or potentially an, an SMS message, right? They want to deliver the content in a way that resonates the best with the customer because that helps the customer, one, take action and two, really appreciate that the personalization, like that red sweater has been sent to them in a way that's most important to them, right? It ranks highly to them. And I think number three, after that trust and transparency and that delivering value is making sure that they're able to capture and understand the measurement of that personalization. Did my efforts to personalize content, to personalize value and, and, and the way I delivered that, did it move the needle? And measurement is, is really something that we talk to a lot of clients about right now because it's really hard to understand what's moving the needle from really a digital ad or any sort of marketing and advertising perspective and making sure that measurement is not only a tool to prove that the needle has been moved, but also a way to better optimize, implement new tactics, new technology, change your ways of working, right? Like the measurement is just, it's great output to be able to act on across various ways within your Mm -hmm. marketing organization. Yeah. And I think the thing that you didn't say that, but underlines each one of those three areas you just mentioned is data. And, you know, I know that's a big lofty, you know, blanket idea of like, oh yeah, sure. I have the data, but the way in which it, it delivers on privacy and consent and trust and, and not just consent from a regulatory perspective, but also how the, the customer wants to engage. So that takes a lot. That's a huge data journey from getting that all lined up various pieces of data, you know, what are some things that you recommend, you know, companies start doing now to sort of chunk that up and, you know, make it more actionable and get started now? Yeah, that's a great question and agree. It's a lot and it is hard to do everything at once. So to your point, chunking it up is super important. I would say, you know, number one is really taking a look at your data foundation layer in your stack. So what tools and platforms are you working with? And do they include a CDP? CDPs are sort of a hot buzzword right now. And I always caution clients to say, you know, they're super important, but they're not all equal and doing due diligence on what's most important to you, your use cases to support your your customer's journey, your consumer journeys, and then backing into what CDP can, can help facilitate those in the best light possible. That's sort of number one. So look at your CDPs from a data standpoint. I'd say number two is take inventory onto what's currently in your stack right now and see if it is fit for purpose on where your journey is headed in regards to personalization. So if you don't have the capabilities within your data, the data portion of your stack, and also 
how those data platforms connect into the rest of your sort of activation and orchestration layers to be able to facilitate the personalized messages and content, images, advertising that you want to, you know, start doing a better job of, then, you know, we need to rationalize the stack and we need to possibly bring in and change out what's currently in your stack. I think those are really the top two places that I start. And once clients start embedding into really how the flow works and does that support the flow within the stack and does that support that personalized output, whatever they're trying to initiate, then you can really start to make some moves and start gaining traction on, you know, best practices and personalization, just implementing personalization across one channel. Maybe it's two channels, you know, owned and operated are usually your best places to start. So email, SMS and app, those are really the easiest places to start implementing your personalization strategies. And to do that, you have to have a good data foundation layer and the ability to talk to your clients in the way they want to be personalized to, spoken to, messaged to. And that data foundation layer really enables you to do that in your own O layer, owned and operated layer. And then once you have that, it gets a lot easier to do outbound messaging and layer outside of your owned and operated assets. So that would be, you know, digital advertising, advertising on TV, potentially addressable TV, connected TV, so forth and so on. So yeah, I, I think the way you broke it down by channel is such a good way to think about it because I always say that you have to have use cases and have to sort of start small and incrementally build and continue to test, continue to learn. Because sometimes you can put in the fanciest of tech stacks and CDPs and all these other things. And it's sort of like, great, I've put it all in, now what? But if you continue you know, to sort of start you know, maybe with owned and operated or a single use case and start to sort of show what those impacts are on particular, you know, segments or use cases or KPIs. That's really, you know, one of the ways you're going to start seeing impact quickly. And this can be really overwhelming, making it a little bit more achievable and feeling impactful to the organization. Yeah, I agree. Just pick one owned and operated channel, like an email or uh, again, your SMS to be able to effectively like do a proof of concept. And then once you get that sort of proof point underneath you, you have the ways of working, you understand how the tech flows and the data enables all of that, right? Powered by your own data, then it gets really easy to roll that out from an enterprise capability on other owned and operated channels. And then you can start taking those best practices, those ways of working and the data that funneled all of that and extend that out into a broader ecosystem that you don't necessarily control, but you control the signal, the data that goes into that external ecosystem. And honestly, that's the most important piece, that data, knowing about your consumer and and the way they want to be spoken to and messaged to, and leading into that external inventory, uh, the ecosystem you don't control, that data will fundamentally change the way that you do business, enable messaging, enable personalization, and the way that you're able to sort of move the needle with your customer and future customers or consumers. Yeah. And I I think that's really the key to understanding, like, what is the number one thing you're solving for? It could be conversion, churn, engagement, et cetera. You know, of course, everyone wants to solve for all of those things, but sort of putting a, a priority around them and then some use cases. Exactly. 
you know, as we as we look forward and and maybe one of the last questions before we wrap up is, you know, a lot of the question is, okay, so I understand I, you know, CDPs, first party data capture, understanding my consumers better. You know, how do you incentivize consumers to engage, to provide that data? Oh man, that's a question within a question within an enigma. First of all, it depends on the type of company. It depends on what you're you're offering, what you're selling, what your brand is about. Taking all those things into consideration, I guess I could give you a couple of real life examples. What we're seeing with retailers right now to drive that sort of consideration is, you know, the value layer of free shipping or to get really tactical, right? Free shipping or discount code or some sort of gift with purchase to exchange for that email, right? Or mm-hmm. additional, you know, postal address or or even phone number for that SMS capture, being able to text. We're also seeing interesting things with apps. So a lot of retailers creating their own apps or have created their own apps or trying to drive more engagement on that app. And and I think a lot of things we're seeing there is, you know, private sales, private product early access to like hot products that you can only get through that retailer. I travel a ton, as I'm sure do a lot of people who are listening to this podcast. I love it when my airline reaches out and says, hey, (laughs) the world's collapsing. There's a massive storm. You might want to rebook your flight now so you don't get stuck in like a small airport in Kansas and you can't get out. Something like that. That I will gladly give them my phone number, my email. I would gladly give them my value because they're trying to help me you know, help yeah. myself. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like consumers want to feel nurtured, cared for, and thought of when brands are personalizing towards them. And a lot of that goes a long way in that trust category as well. So that's sort of what we're seeing right now when we talk to our clients. And the best way to engage a consumer and get them to turn into a customer is that trust, transparency, and that delivery of value as well as to get the data, you know, to be able to do a lot of those things, you have to really start getting them to try to trust you and getting and, and driving value with them so that they freely give up their sort of zero party or first party data that also enables you, it's, it's a vicious circle to be able to personalize towards them. So I don't know if that answered your question, but hopefully it gave people a couple of things to think about. But that conversation right now that we're having is you got to drive value to get the data and you have to be trustful with that data when a consumer gives it to you. And thoughtful. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the key here is the, the thoughtful and the value delivery. And you answered it perfectly because, you know, it is so much more than just couponing and discounting and, you know, sort of trying to buy it that way. If you can find other ways of engaging and providing value, providing information, access, etc., that's useful to me, you know, that can be incentive alone without having to constantly discount. I think that's, you know, a great point to wrap us up. And, you know, Kelly, I want to thank you so much. And, you know, thank you to everyone for listening to this episode of Embrace Meaningful Personalization to Maximize Growth Conversations. Yeah, it was great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. And also, you can read our report at DeloitteDigital.com forward slash US forward slash personalization for even more insights from our research. Thank you and see you next time. 
This podcast is produced by Deloitte. The views and opinions expressed by podcast speakers and guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Deloitte. This podcast provides general information only and is not intended to constitute advice or services of any kind. For additional information about Deloitte, go to Deloitte.com forward slash about.